welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's June 13th, 2019, and this is episode 24. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in cinemas this week, we've got four releases to discuss. First up is the sequel, Men in Black International. This is an action comedy from Columbia Pictures. It's directed by F. Gary Gray. This is the fourth one in this Men in Black film series. The last film came out in 2012, and as you as you probably recall, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones played uh, the uh, the agents in in the film. This film's got a a, a different cast. It's actually it's a pretty fun cast. It stars Chris Hemsworth as in Thor. Uh, Tessa Thompson, who also is coming from the Thor series. She played Valkyrie in uh, Thor Ragnarok and also in uh, Avengers Endgame. And then we've got Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson in the cast. Um, Here's the synopsis. The men in black have always protected the Earth from the scum of the universe. In this new adventure, they tackle their biggest, most global threat to date, a mole in the men in black organization. So hopefully this is going to be fun. The previews look good, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see if Men in Black International delivers. It's rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for sci-fi action, some language, and suggestive material. Next up is Shaft. So this is another uh, sequel in the Shaft series. As you may recall, Shaft, the original Shaft starred Richard Roundtree. Uh, it was in the 1970s, and with that great song by I- Isaac Hayes, uh, and they made a sequel uh, not too long ago that starred Samuel L. Jackson in the role as Shaft. He plays Shaft's son, and now in this one, we have uh, Richard Roundtree's grandson and Samuel L. Jackson's son, uh, who goes by the name J.J., uh, and he is played by the actor Jesse T. Usher. So JJ is a cybersecurity expert in this film with a degree from MIT, but to uncover the truth behind his friend's untimely death, he needs an education only his dad can provide. Absent throughout JJ's youth, the, legend, the legendary locked and loaded John Shaft, who is, you know, Samuel. Uh, FNL Jackson agrees to help his progeny navigate Harlem's heroin infested underbelly. And while JJ's own FBI analyst's badge may clash with his dad's trades, trademark leather duster, there's no denying family. Besides, Shaft's got an agenda of his own and a score to settle that's professional and personal. From the previews, also Richard Roundtree shows up in it. So we've got three generations of Shaft. All packing, <laughs> all, all with guns, and it looks like they all have that same or a some kind of score to settle. Um, uh, you know, all three of them do. So uh, this this new version of Shaft is rated R, shocking by the Motion Picture Association of America for pervasive language, violence, 
sexual content, some drug material, and brief nudity. All right, next up is a drama called American Woman. It's directed by Jake Scott. This film is, uh, it stars Sienna Miller. It's set in rural Pennsylvania. It looks like modern day, rural Pennsylvania. Uh, and a woman named Deb, who's played by Sienna Miller, her life has changed forever when her teenage daughter mysteriously disappears. Deb is left to, to raise her young grandson, who's the young grand, grandson who is the son of, of her daughter that disappeared, and navigates the trials and tribulations of subsequent years until a long-awaited discovery of the truth is revealed. Uh, this film looks rather heavy and rather sad, and again, kind of some of that more anti-programming uh, that that happens during the summer, uh, you know, with some with some uh, more serious fare that's that's uh, plays side by side with some of the more you know traditional type of summer movies. So, American Woman is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for language, sexual content, and brief drug use. Finally, this week we've got a horror comedy. From Focus Features called The Dead Don't Die. This is directed by Jim Jaramouche. This, the only description I could find of this movie is it's the greatest zombie cast ever disassembled. Uh, the If you've seen the trailers for this, you know that they, it really does have quite a, quite a cast. It stars Bill Murray, Adam Driver, and Chloe Svenny. They're playing the law enforcement characters. Then we've got Tilda Swinton, who who plays this looks like this one woman vigilante with a samurai sword who's taking out who's taking out the zombies. Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, uh, Selena Gomez, and even Carol Kane shows up. <laughs> so um, anyway, as I mentioned, it's directed by Jim Jarmusch. Is also directed, or excuse me, written by Jim Jarmusch, and and supposedly Jeremy was also was very influenced by by the George Romero zombie films. Uh, anyway, if you like zombie movies, this could this could this could definitely be one to check out. The Dead Don't Die is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for zombie violence and gore and for language. So for releases this week, Men in Black International, Shaft. American Woman and the Dead Don't Die. In Classic Cinema Corner this week, we've got two films. First up is Walt Disney Animation Studios' 1950 classic, Cinderella. Now you're probably saying, uh, dude, uh, Cinderella is a princess movie. What are you doing talking about it? Well, it is a princess movie, but really it's more than that. I, I think it's one of the all-time greats from Walt Disney Animation Studios. And there's some cool stuff going on with the film. So first up, the Library of Congress, uh, their, their national film registry... Is, has selected Cinderella to be one of the 25 films this year that it, it adds to the National Film Registry. And, uh, you know, these the, the Library of Congress selects 
25 films each year to add to to be added to this prestigious registry that showcases the range and diversity of American film heritage. Um, they do this to increase awareness for preservation, as well as again just uh, an important thing in in uh, preserving film history. So the the uh, national the National Film Registry, it um, you know as I mentioned, is part of the Library of Congress, and these films that they select, um, they've got to be at least ten years old. So the, the films that have been selected, they actually were announced at the end of 2018, and they're getting, quote-unquote, you know, added um, here in just uh, shortly. I'll say some more about that in a second. But the films that are, that are being added this year span uh, 107 years. The oldest one is from, excuse me, from 1898. The newest one is from 2005. They include blockbusters, documentaries, silent movies, Animation, you know, Cinderella, of course, and independent film. And so these, these selections from that are being added bring the number of films in the, in the registry now to 750, which really is just a small fraction of the Library of Congress's vast moving image collection um, of 1.3 million uh, films that they've got that they've got in the library. So anyway, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. The range, uh, from these, of these 25 films this year is, is interesting too. There's Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, uh, HUD starring Paul Newman, uh, My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison. And, uh, and then again, we've got, we've got, uh, Cinderella. Now, D23, the, the the official Disney fan club, is doing a cool thing on Thursday, June 20th, at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. This is a this is a, an event that you had to sign up for and pay. Uh, I'm not going to it, uh, but it appears that it's, it's it's sold out. But what they're doing is it's a, it's going to be a cool moment when Cinderella, the film, is 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 inducted into the National Film Registry. They uh, have invited a limited number. Well, I guess you, you signed up. They, you know, whatever, however many of the people that they let in. A limited number of attendees have the opportunity to enjoy Disney Cinderella, the Library of Congress, uh, below the Grand Hall, followed by a royal ball to celebrate the momentous occasion. And so, anyway, you check in at 5 p.m. that evening, and there's gonna it looks like there's gonna be a really cool, cool event uh, coming up on on. Uh, next Thursday, June twentieth, uh, with this whole induction of Cinderella into the National Film Registry at the Library of Congress. So, so that's that's a, that's a prestigious, wonderful thing, and and I think it's well deserving for this film. The film is uh, also coming out on digital and Blu-ray again. I mean, it's you know it's it's been previously released, but you know how the Walt Disney Studios likes to put the movies back in the quote, their quote unquote, the Disney vault, <laughs> meaning that they're not available. You know, that new versions of the film are not available for purchase until Disney re-releases them and lets you spend your money yet again. But, and so a, a new Blu-ray and a digital version are coming out. The digital release happens on June 18th 
and then the Blu-ray comes out on, on June 25th. So you've got a chance again to <laughs> buy or download Cinderella if you don't already if you don't already have it or if you want to look this this latest version. I don't know what this latest version has necessarily. There might be some some bonus features that that possibly are new. But mostly though, this is such a good film. The film has such outstanding animation and uh, outstanding comedy and style and heart. You know, the film came out at a really critical time in, in the Walt Disney uh, Studios history. Uh, you know, it came out in 1950. Uh, after the end of World War II in 1945, you know, the, the, the Disney Studios basically were cranking out uh, films for the U.S. government uh, during during World War II, and so that really sapped a lot of their income and you know you know the, their revenue, and also uh, international markets had dried up. So re really, they were only earning money domestically rather than being able to distribute their films internationally. So the the the, the film studios after the war were in pretty dire straits. They created a lot of short films, which were put together in what are called the package features. And these are these were films that were that were released between 1945 and 1949. And then Cinderella was really the first full-length feature animated film that the Walt Disney Studios had done uh, since 1942's Bambi. So anyway, everything about it was a bit risky. They felt pretty confident about you know doing a fairy tale again, given their success that they had with, with with Snow White, and sure enough, Cinderella was a was a huge hit for the studio and really got them back on their feet. And then you look at what was done in, in the fifties. Uh, you know there there was Alice in Wonderland, which Again, possibly questionable as far as just overall, in, in, you know, enjoyment of a film because it's kind of a weird movie. But the animation, I think we all could agree, is great. And Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, and Sleeping Beauty in 1959. I mean, you look at that decade and you just think, holy smokes. And, and uh, really, I think they have Cinderella to thank, thank for that. Uh, so if you haven't seen Cinderella in a while, I think, I think you should definitely check it out. And yes, it's a princess movie, but it's also just an outstanding animated film. And and uh, just again, one of the all-time greats from Walt Disney Animation Studios. All right, uh, next film uh, is Field of Dreams, which uh, is from 1989. It's celebrating its 30th anniversary, and it's going to be part of Turner Classic Movies' Big Screen Classics series. You know the 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 monthly or or sometimes there, there's two a month, but but uh, this is the this is the film for June. It's going to be screened on June 16th and June 18th. Uh, you need to go to the Fathom Events website, and I'll have a link to that in in my pod in the podcast notes. But it's fathomevents.com/tcm, so you can find a theater near you. It's just playing in theaters all over all over the U.S. But how cool to be able to see Field of Dreams again on the big screen! I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited about that because I love this movie. Um, as you know, the film stars Kevin Costner 
and and Amy Madigan, their husband and wife, and Kevin Costner is an Iowa corn farmer, and he starts to hear voices, and he interprets them as a command to build a basement, uh, excuse me, a baseball diamond in his cornfields, which he does, and then the nineteen ninety, excuse me, the nineteen nineteen Chicago White Sox team, uh, including shoeless Joe Jackson. Uh, they do come, and and I don't want to you know give more than that away if you haven't if you haven't seen it, but it's it it's such a great film. It's it's a it's it's a film for baseball lovers, and a beautiful treatise on father son relationships, and it's great that it's playing on Father's Day itself on 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 June June sixteenth, and then just you know after it again a couple of days on Tuesday June eighteenth. So go see it, have a good cry, and and uh, just enjoy enjoy Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is also available on on Blu-ray too, but uh, I'd take the chance to see it on the big screen on June sixteenth or June eighteenth. Thank you for listening to the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about all the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks again.